iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mark Hopkins, Dr. Chiara Lapora, Dr. Arnaud Janin, and this evening's guest moderator, Stu Von Ersdale of Movie Line. How is everybody? How you doing? Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you all for coming. How's everything going for you? It's going all right. Yeah, Get ready on. for the opening. It's like next Friday, right? Yeah, June, June 4th. June 4th. Okay, okay. Got it. So um, I guess I would just kind of start with the basic thing. I everyone has to start with. How did you both come to um, MSF, Doctors Without Borders? Uh, by mistake, I would say. <laughs> as much as probably the majority of doctors come uh -huh. uh, without really knowing what they are going through. And uh, it just changes a lot once you are there, the perception of what you are doing and why you are doing it. Yeah, as Gary is saying, as, as the, the experience accumulates, um, well, you reduce your expectancies of the, the scope of what you can be doing, and you, you, you end up thinking, okay, I've got one patient, and then I've got another one, and then I've got another one, which is not at all how we got into MSF. We, yeah. we were thinking, oh, let us, you know, save lives and save the world. Yeah, and the, the film doesn't really pull any punches in terms of how uh, difficult these missions are. So I guess, you know, but we don't get to see your first missions at all. What were your first missions like? I'm curious. Uh, my first mission was in Angola, and it was uh, just at the, at the end of the war, so the opening up of zones that hasn't been reached by any humanitarian for more than 20 years. And it, it was definitely overwhelming. There were something like 850 malnourished children uh, in, in the refugee camps, no, not the refugee, sorry, in the um, nutritional camps that we were running. And um, I never saw a malnourished children before that. So it was pretty impressive. And I was in uh, Kenya, close to the border of Tanzania, in a, in a zone where um, at least a quarter of the adults had HIV AIDS in a, in a small hospital with uh, about 40 adult beds and about 80 patients um, without antiretroviral therapy, which is highly effective against the virus. So it was also pretty overwhelming and with a lot of, of casualties and a lot of deaths, unfortunately. Now, Mark, how did you come to MSF as a filmmaker? How did you decide that this was a subject you wanted to approach, and how did you settle on the individual subjects, these doctors themselves? Um, yeah, as I said to Kara earlier today, uh, I did ask permission to cast, and I was denied. I was like, no, you, you pick the situations you want to go and film in uh, and, you know, and film our work, but we can't you know, have you pre-screen people. Uh, so we, uh, you know, we went to the different areas of... Sort of work that they do so we chose a conflict and a post-conflict setting as a sort of contrast and when we were there we met the different people filmed everyone and sort of focused in on the people we thought would be more um, a better embodiment of a type of character we were looking for and then how do we come to choose uh, MSF it, I mean I was always interested in doing something that really um, you know took people into I don't know the intensity of life in the field and they do work in some of the more intense areas of the world mm -hmm. um, and also the fact it's emergency medicine it's a very sort of in a way clear cut uh, general purpose um, and, and you don't really have to spend a lot of time explaining I know, in a sort of, to an audience in the big picture what a doctor is doing there because they're there to treat patients which allows you to really sort of get into some of those sort of 
the, the psychological journey of what it's like to go from being a first mission to being a veteran. Yeah, so I guess, you know, unpack that a little bit, though, the embodiment of the characters you're looking for. I mean, what, what made Karen Arnaud the types of um, characters that you wanted to depict? And I guess, what were you trying to, you know, say about the individual characters in, in MSF? Um, well, it's more that um, we wanted to parallel the uh, movement from first mission to 10-year veteran. So trying to find the people that best voiced um, where they were in their MSF careers and both, uh, you know, Kara and Arno are sort of in their prime doctors who were no longer by any means sort of green first missions. They sort of, you know, were, were in their stride in their work for MSF. And so being able to sort of see how, you know, the sort of, uh, sort of the special forces, the guys that really, you know, knew what they were doing, how they worked, uh, was a very useful contrast to seeing how some of the first missions were trying to really rationalize this completely overwhelming situation. So to try and compare the two, and both, you know, Cara and Arno were very good choices, I think, for people to convey that sort of more veteran role. Arno, uh, what are you thinking the first time you, you know, for you, I guess a two-part question, you, you're, in the, you're in the hospital, you've got a film crew with you, what's going through your mind? You're trying to do one thing and they're filming you, how does that all work out, you know, in the moment? Oh, um, no, the, the situation was too complicated, and I'll try and explain it in a minute, but um, for, the, for me to pay any attention to the film crew. The film crew was no bother at all, probably due to their professionalism, but, um, but the film crew was just not here. I was not aware that they were filming this. Uh, the situation was very complicated because um, I was resuscitating a, a very poorly prognosed child with a number of pathologies. And thus doing, I was utilizing a number of resources that could have been used for, uh, for other patients with better prognosis. And that's why you see my friend and colleague, Dr. Brasher, uh, under his mask there saying, we're giving him one hour and that's it. Um, actually, the, this hour did not elapse. The, the, the child died before the end of it. And, um, and, uh, and voila, that's it. So the, the situation was to complicated whether to resuscitate or not to resuscitate give it a chance there was a patient there i took the chance of trying it yeah. there's a question for both of you when you see the film the finished film i guess what were your thoughts looking back on that era looking back in yourselves of that era uh as doctors as basically movie characters in intensive purposes i mean what was that like uh it's a humbling experience to see your mistakes and see how many stupid things you can say during a day. Um, on the other side, it's pretty interesting to see yourself from a third-party perspective who hasn't been living through the same thing, but somehow is trying to capture the intensity and the richness of what we go through. But you are not. How, how, how was it watching it? Um. Very, very difficult for the first time I saw it. It's really, really hard. Um, for, for, for two reasons. One, what Chiara explained about um, the humbling process, about how you make mistakes and all, but also because of the re-traumatism of it is to relive this kind of experience and going back again to Kivu that period of time and, and reliving the experiences that are on the film, but also the experiences that are not on the film that happened after the crew left or before the crew arrived or so yeah um for us it's it's not easy it's 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 enlightening but it's not easy probably as as for any member of the audience here 
Yeah, as a filmmaker in these situations, um, you have an obligation to the audience and to yourself. I mean, to get this footage and get the shots, but you don't want to You don't want you don't want to get in anyone's way or obstruct anything. And what's how do you, I guess, work in that situation as a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely uncomfortable, obviously, um, especially when you're trying to talk to people at times that you know are difficult for them. Um, and you, you know, weigh up situations all the time, but you're there to try and make the best film possible. So, yeah, it's it's not an easy position to be in because they're also the you know the great guys, the great people, and you don't want to act, you know, push them on certain things which are sensitive or whatever. Um, but you feel sometimes you need to because it serves the story. Yeah. What was the relationship like? I guess the trust-building relationship, for all intents and purposes. What was that like uh, as the film went on, as you were shooting? Because how long did it take to how much? How long did it take to get this footage in total? About a year and a half of filming on and off, and then a year more of editing. Yeah. Was it a pretty slow process in terms of letting Mark into your operations, or did you? Was it pretty much right off the bat? You know, we were. Uh, I think the slowness of uh, of it was before the crew came to the field, and so it was somehow for us just trusting the choice that MSF did in general. And once they were there, there was no choice anymore, on yeah. trusting or not, in a way. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can't really overstate just how like in the action this movie is. It's like right there. And so with that said, it's also you know you're going to see some some stuff you might not want to see otherwise. It's kind of graphic. You know, what were your decision? What was your decision-making process like in terms of, you know, what do I want to show? What can I show? Uh, I mean, it's remarkably not graphic in relation to what we actually saw. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So uh, we put enough of that into the film for people to have a sense of what it's like and for what the doctors are experiencing. Uh, it's a small number of minutes when you actually add it up over the body of the film, but because I think it's actually real, it's actually having to real people. Uh, it's quite impactful, uh, but we felt it necessary for people to, you know, understand some of the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess are there are there influences for? I mean, we've seen films like this kind of in, a, in a, you know we've seen stuff like Mash, for example, you know. But as far as documentaries go, what kind of influences did you have? Is there anything that you that specifically you saw that you wanted to kind of emulate or break off from at all? No, not really. Build but on? MASH was obviously a, a film that we'd all watched and thought was uh, from a, capturing a certain frequency of, uh, you know, in a, obviously a dramatic sense, but uh, of doctors at work and play in these pretty sort of insane environments. That was definitely something that we thought, well, there's got to be a real sort of version of that, which is sort of what we were looking at in the field. Kiara, you are so cool in this movie. You just like you just have this great attitude, and you just you look great, and you're just kind of you, you just can walk around. You can just do whatever you want, pretty much, you know. But people respect you, you know what I'm saying? And you do it in a way that respects others as well. And so, I guess, how did you? Because this film, to the extent that it shows that, and it shows it very well, illustrates that character very well. I'm not sure exactly how you got to that point. How did you establish a personal comfort level in these situations? No, no, that, that's just how I look like when I'm desperate. And <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't get everything I want, for sure. I was okay. far from there. Uh, there was a level where, where you realize that somehow the level of responsibility I had was towards the people I was working with. And therefore, the only thing at least I could do for them was to try to stay calm where, when they were losing it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, Mark, I had a question for you about your background. You worked with, uh, is it true you worked, used to work with Scott Rudin? Yeah. That's kind of like a battleground atmosphere, you know, get you trained for this. What was that like? How do you get from working with Scott Rudin on mainstream Hollywood stuff to this point? I, it was all actually sort of planned in that I wanted to apprentice at a pretty, you know, like full-on production house, and uh-huh. Scott makes five big movies a year, and it's really, you see it, the whole process from start to finish, so it's really a sort of place I went for like a learning experience uh, with the idea to take those whatever I'd learned to try and do stuff that I was interested in which is sort of what I ended up doing mm-hmm. okay um, do we anyone in the audience have any questions but, um, yes we have a microphone um, that will come to you and please don't be shy yes in the front row um, I have a series of questions so just answer whichever, whichever ones you want um, relating to the last question what did you do to prepare for the film? I don't know who this uh, other director was. Can you give a little background context for the, how long you were with him and, and how long, what it was like for that? Uh, how much did it prepare you for this, for your new stuff versus what weren't you prepared for? Um, also, what were the greatest unexpected challenges you faced, all of you? And um, what was the balance that you were seeking in the filmmaking? Um, and what were the elements that you had to try to balance? Where do you want to start? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to. Th- I'm just trying to think where to start with all those different questions. Um, uh, the balance I was going for. I suppose let's go backwards. The balance I was looking for in terms of the film. Um, it, it's not so much of a balance as more like uh, uh, trying to hit a frequency of really capturing the verite reality of, of the field, and then following through the journey that sort of parallels hopefully the audience journey from first mission to veteran. So um, the more complicated ideas that people grasp in the field unravel as the film goes on. So you're dealing with the overwhelmingness of the situation at the beginning as an audience, hopefully, as a first mission is. And that was the sort of the structure. Um, And then in terms of how did Rudens prepare me and and the other sense, I mean, it... It, working at Scott Rudens is a very intense working environment, so you sort of get used to working under a lot of pressure. Um, I also spent quite a bit of my life growing up in uh, Kenya, so I had a sort of familiarity with you know working in a sort of uh, difficult context, but nothing anywhere near working in some of these situations. So that I suppose was also one of your questions. What I wasn't prepared for was the degree to which it would be so much more intense than I anticipated. Um, that's I think, three of the four. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm losing count. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it, I mean, it. I actually, think I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keeping up with these guys was actually quite a big challenge. It's funny because you're. Oh, go ahead, Kira. I'm sorry. No, uh, I thought it was a question for all of us. The. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no. So I. I can tell you one of the things that really struck me when, when I went to my first mission is that I went there with the conviction that people were dying of malnutrition, of diarrhea, of HIV, and diseases, in a way. Whereas, I- somehow, in a lot of situations we find ourselves, you realize very quickly that people die of indifference, they die of negligence, they die of all the things that could be done and are not being done. And it's, it's something that gets you really angry, and, and I could not preview that, for sure. 
Um, <laughs> it's funny because as a filmmaker, I mean, this is essentially your first mission with MSF too, right? I mean, was there ever a point where you thought, man, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this. I don't know if I can get through my first mission or the, the entirety of this mission. I'm just going to cut out as soon as I can and get my, my film in the can and leave. I think delusionally I thought there'd be no problem. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it was, it was a full-on, full immersive experience, absolutely. So, uh, you know, live with the teams, you know, film with them all day, you know, hang out at night. And that's why I said it was real challenge just keeping up because it's working and playing and living at a sort of intense intensity level that's pretty full on right, right, right. I got a question oh over here please thanks um, what was was it uh, what was what were MF MSF's hopes once you set upon the plan to make this film and were constraints put upon you before, during, or after? And how do they feel about it now? Uh, no constraints, and that was really one of the reasons it took so long to get the access, because we said, listen, you know, either you let us have the access or you don't, but if you do, you know, please just let us do what we do. Um, and they grilled us, but then fair enough, when we proved that we sort of knew what we were talking about and that we had, a, I think, a, a different take, because they've been approached a lot by other people and turned them down. Um, they always said, you know, fine. Um, so, sorry, and then, the, 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 I mean, how they, yeah, it's completely independent of uh, MSF, but, um, and maybe I'm not the best person to ask how they've reacted to the film. I mean, <laughs> um, I, yeah. <laughs> what I know is that, uh, what I feel is that there is a lot of support for the for the movie because um, it doesn't bring up any clear-cut answers to what is MSF it, it really it's really a, a, a movie that shows that you know the situations are extremely difficult the scope of what you do is very limited um, it's not it's not you know a propaganda movie or a, a, a PR movie to make you know people come uh, yeah, easily uh, so I think in that scope it's it's liked by most MSF people that have seen it um, and there is a, a degree of institutional support in that yes uh, MSF supports the movie uh, you know we never asked Mao to say no 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 this is a, some humanitarian organization any other questions? Uh, just, I'll ask really quick about, um, just kind of follow up, following up on that, because, you know, MSF, like, I was watching this, and this is, it's, it's entertaining, you know, that's the thing. It, it's, it's, it's gripping, and it's intense, but it's entertaining, you know, as a film should be. It's a story, a very well-told story. Now, you know, there's so many reality TV shows and, and other, you know, things that are set in, uh, in hospitals, ERs. What's keeping you from doing an MSF television show perhaps or how why wasn't this an msf television show would that work would that even work we were one of the first people to ever be given this sort of access so um, but having said that a couple of people have been approaching me about doing a television series but uh, it'd be great um yeah but i'm not sure that msf particularly want, want a tv series would that just be too much i would say so yeah okay well because it would bring great awareness to the organization it's not so that you know you don't want to exploit anything, but or anybody. But by the same token, I mean you got to get the message out any way you can, especially in an, er in an era when it's so hard 
to get messages like this out. I the the, um, the 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 error would be to globalize. You know, this is Congo, and it's it's medicine it's medicine in emergency situation in Congo during how long were we together? Uh, maybe three weeks, and and the, the 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 other nine weeks after that, where I was in Congo, were similar. But uh, we it's it's difficult to go beyond what Kiara. Uh, says in the movie, you know, blame the war. But, you know, that's, that's a bit, um, okay. It's, it's a good hint for a debate among us as citizens, say. And, uh, and, and that's good enough. If we were to go any, any, anywhere beyond that or to regularize it, or to, it would, you know, probably normalize the situation, make them feel natural. It's all, it's natural. It's, it's like that. You know, you can't do nothing about it. That, that's, that's the end of it. You, you need to keep it short and focused I think I mean I know they've been approached about being doing a television series and they, they turned them all down and then a couple of those people that tried to approach them tried to approach me to see if I could try and help them get their television series picked up but I just don't think it's something because MSF is, is they have to leave countries because it's just too dangerous they're not getting the um, they're not getting the prescription drugs they need you know for example they're not getting delivered so I mean these are matters that you know I guess you know, you want to get them out any way you can, I suppose. And without, you know, again, you don't want to be facile about it. I don't want to say this is just like, you know, you know, just a, a good old human drama. But I mean, it's, it's intense. And I, I don't know, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, sorry. Any other questions? Oh, uh, one more. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, uh, just some logistic questions. Uh, how big was your crew? What kind of cameras did you have? And a non-logistic question, um, did you break any rules that you had for yourself? Uh, what were they and why? Um, no, not really. Um, and we were only one time really told we couldn't be filmed, uh, couldn't be get involved in filming because we were in Pakistan, it was a very sensitive situation. Um, we tried to not interfere with any of this medical work at all, obviously. Um, and the crew sort of size to fit uh, we were full crew of like seven eight people and then in situations where you know, like we're in Pakistan and there's any space in the helicopter for the cameraman then it's just the cameraman that goes so we'd really adapt to the surroundings it's a great looking film uh, it just it just looks fantastic and I guess you know how did you develop the look of the film and the sound design and how did you go about yeah, I mean, from a technical point of view, we shot everything without any color on it deliberately so that we could go and do quite a lot of color correction when we finished. And there's a great house here, Orbit, and, um, who do fantastic digital intermediate work um, where they color it to match film and that sort of thing. Yeah. Can you both talk about your relationships that you would develop in different regions? And just, I don't know, like, what are a couple that, that are especially rewarding for both of you? So I think one of the most interesting aspects and rich aspect of uh, going to a project and starting working in a country you don't know is really to get to know people and particularly your colleagues, the staff that work with us in, in a very intense way. And somehow there is this feeling that we really depend on each other and we have to help each other as much as possible to get there. Um, and so they get to be not only your colleagues, but your teachers and your friends. And there, there is something extremely strong about the links that uh, are established in those, in those situations, obviously. 
I remember maybe three or four days in my first mission when I arrived in Kenya, a real old-timer, I must have old-timer, told me be, I was going to stay there for a year. And he, he told me, don't forget to prepare your coming back. Don't, don't forget to prepare your coming back. And uh, because it's very easy also to shut yourself from, uh, from the people around you, to live among your expatriate little house. And, you know, it's already so hard outside when you're in the, when you're in the hospital. And when you start reaching out is when, it's, is when the enrichment comes. Um, but also with, you know, as time passes, then, you, you know, you keep on having news from these people and, and, and you learn that, Okay, Kenya was an HIV mission, so a number of the people that I had made bounds with went on dying of HIV, and so it's it's part of the it's it's really the enrichment. It's it's really where you know makes you a, a grown up. So many of the doctors in this film smoke. It's so Do weird. They. Do they? <laughs> so weird. What's that all about? A psycho- I'm a smoker, don't worry. I mean, I just have no psycho- judgment. I just- psychotherapy now. All right. <laughs> I don't know what it's all about. It's all about stress and living in the instant and, uh, and not being able to really, during those situations, you know, taking really good care of yourself. It's don't have much attention. You already pay a lot of attention to others. Paying attention to yourself is not up on your agenda. That's why um, both of us now, we are on a break from MSF in a few, few months and few years. You have to, to keep up with you know, your own life. You have to prepare your coming back. It's a very key phrase, I think. <laughs> are, you going, are you both going back? Not sure yet, but yeah, I mean, it's tempting. It's really tempting, but I, I personally know when, when you'll see the full movie, you'll see me in... Let's you know be modest and say I was there in pre-burnout because you know at the end of the session with Kivu I was totally burnt out. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know I know how how tough it can be. So it's it's really tempting to go back, but I'll, I'll take my time. Kiara. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's easy just to separate yourself from things you've seen and you've been living. Uh, so I do not know necessarily where I will go or what will I do, but um, there's no way for me of getting separated from, from that part of my life. Would you go back, Mark? Would you shoot any more back there? Would, have you pretty much gotten that out of your system? or uh, I, I what, do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I try and spend at least half the year in... Kenya, I love living there um, and I love doing any sort of film work around there. Another film about MSF? Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe not that, yeah. but uh, you know. Uh, I think that might kill me, actually. <laughs> You've done your mission, you're out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not shy about showing the burnout. And what happened to the other doctors there? There was one from Tennessee, a doctor uh, from Tennessee who, uh, who he returned, right? He went back? Yeah, he did several missions. Uh, he's a surgeon, so his missions are shorter. But, um, and. Uh, two or three years of uh, ongoing missions, and he's now returned to private practice in the States, but is itching to get back into the field, and his wife doesn't want him to go, and uh, so there's all that sort of stuff going on. But Dr. Gill, whatever happened to him? Kiara, you're in contact with him. Yeah, uh, he's Doc- getting married, and he's trying to convince his fiancée to go on a mission as a honeymoon. 
Dr. Gill was the one that Kiara had the discussion with in the peace love segment. And uh, so that sounds like a great honeymoon. Peace and love. Yeah. <laughs> okay, does anyone else have any questions at all before we wind down? Oh, come on up. Oh, there's one over there. Thank you. How are you? Um, I was wondering um, how you were able to, um, when you went to MSF, what you um, gave as your premise for your film, where you were successful and other filmmakers were not uh, to work with them. Could you repeat the question? Speak up a little bit, please. Oh, yeah, Thank sorry. you. <laughs> um, I'd like to know uh, how were you able to convince MSF um, to make the film where others had failed? I don't honestly know why they agreed to let us make the film, but I think part of it was uh, we were very sort of persistent. Um, uh, part of it, I, I would like to think, was that we had a sort of different approach. We did not want to do the cliched hero story with the sort of moralizing sort of you know message film, um, and we spent a lot of time trying to convince them that the validity of being able to show the real experience of life in the field. And I think they were also sort of curious, what are these, you know, sort of crazy sort of Kenyans want to do making a film about us? Okay, well, eventually they, they let us do it. What's your experience like been on the road with this film? When it came out, I mean, have you been with audiences? Have you, you know, talked to them? And what's, what's been the response in general? And how have you uh, changed as a uh, you know, So I've seen the movie twice. One was uh, at the Venice Film Festival. Uh, and I guess there there was really a very warm um, uh, audience and everyone somehow felt uh, very taken by the movie. And the second time I saw it was in Washington, D.C. And there there were a lot of laughs against the U.N. and uh, <laughs> much more of a critical point of view about the jokes that were being done or things like that. But both, in both cases, surely the audience was really into the movie. I haven't been really um, doing anything about uh, with audiences. Have I think you, you guys are the, my have first. You, uh. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. yes, yes, oh, okay. I, have, I, have, I have seen it. But you saw it with an eye. Okay. Uh, yeah, and what, what's your reaction been taking it around the festival circuit and uh, as the release nears? I mean, it's been very sort of humbling, the reaction that people have had to the film. It's very difficult from a filmmaker's point of view to really sort of understand how an audience is looking at the film. Um, but it's gone down very well at festivals. You know, it sort of sells out and people get very sort of engaged in it. So that seems good. It was good. shortlisted for an Academy Award nomination this year. Is that true? Yeah. So uh, what was that whole situation like, uh, navigating that terrain? I have no idea how that whole thing works. It's very, you, stayed, you, know, you kept your distance? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a bizarre process. But yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, I guess you know, we're just, that's going to be about it. So uh, Living in Emergency, Stories of Dogs Without Borders opens next Friday here in New York. At Which theater does it open? Scott, do you know? At the, at the Sunshine, the landmark Sunshine. And uh, to all your friends, and be sure to ask any questions you have afterward. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you to the Apple Store for having us. And uh, appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day.